And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. Dynamite drop in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. At Still Smooth Productions. <laughs> oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. And the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world. I think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and Chipotle. At St. Bales. I'm not prepared. Everybody, welcome into the Bold Nonsense Podcast on the Bold Nonsense Podcast Network. Real highfalutin right there. Uh, this is episode 136. The red light is on. The red light means stop thinking, get a little senseless with us. Turn the dial to six-ish. Turn it down. Or, yeah, or wherever your neutral is, basically. We don't want to tell you how to live, but do that. Now, it's, it is it is 11 2020 I that think. Is, Didn't even check that. Yeah, it's 11 2020 so. It, well, wait, we're, we're broadcasting over our network on a Thursday, so it is November 19th of the year 2020. Yeah, we're recording on a Thursday. You'll hear this on Saturday. Um, so... Keep that in mind. But we wanted to do it today. Didn't mind doing it today because we had a big NBA day yesterday. Um, but And we get to record while watching big Thursday night game between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. So uh, I've got that on. Smooth's paying attention. I don't know if he has it on. but nah, uh, I wish I did. Yeah. But we are uh, yeah. we're ready to get going. We've got a lot of talk to talk about. And uh, the people who are going to talk Reddit, your faces. It's me. I'm at Walt Disney, the happiest host on earth. You took journalism. Yeah. Get out of here. Thank you for joining us once again. And the guy across the FaceTime is. I'm at Still Smooth. I have a sexy voice. Champagne, mountain range, hugs. Mr. PTO, and every week I do one thing. My job is to bring you on this date. So on this date, November 19th, back two years ago, back in 2018, the Los Angeles Rams beat the Kansas City Chiefs 54-51 to at Los Angeles uh, Memorial Coliseum. This game was the third highest scoring game in NFL history. The first time two teams would ever score 50 points in a game. And another notable note actually, <clears throat> at Walsh Disney, Patrick Mahomes throws six touchdown passes for Kansas City, the most ever recorded on Monday Night Football. Pretty cool. I remember watching that. Um, and that was just a that was just a great Monday night. Um, I don't really know. I don't really remember who was going off for Los Angeles. 
But that was just like a, ooh, this is a barn burner. Stop whatever you're doing. These two teams are lightening up on, on Monday Night Football. Get to a TV. Yeah, I think uh, the Rams had a good defensive day, a couple touchdowns there. And I think it was pretty much everyone. Gurley had his, had his day. Um, I think even Cooks might have had a touchdown on that one. Um, Rare. Yeah, pretty much everybody. When you score that many points, everyone's going to go off. That was a, that was a momentous game. Um, how are we doing on random thoughts? What are you thinking? I hate to say this, my head's empty right now. I had one. I had I had one at four thirty four this morning when I woke up briefly to take a pee. Uh huh. Knew I should have put it in my phone. Thought I could hold it a couple hours until we recorded tonight. Yeah. Definitely forgot about it. So it'll come back. Yeah. It's not in my head right now. That's the way random thoughts go. So if you don't, you, you're not having one, I've got some, but we'll go ahead and punt it till next week since we have a bunch to talk about want to get through this show. So we'll go straight to trivia instead. Trivia! Trivia! <laughs> trivia, baby! Oh. <laughs> Gonna make that your final answer? You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Here's trivia. Last week's question was, who holds the record for single-season tackles for loss in the NFL? Who holds the record for single-season tackles for loss in the NFL? The most tackles for loss in one season? The answer is 3, 2, 1, J.J. Watt. Back in 2012... Doesn't seem like that long ago when he was dominating the NFL, like dominating, dominating. Um, he had 39 tackles for loss in one season. That's a bunch. Uh, and then very interesting, there's a tie for second. In second is, one of those people is J.J. Watt. In 2014, he had 29 tackles for loss. So he's won and he's tied for second. With the other guy who's in second, J.J. Watt, who had 29 <laughs> in 2015. He is what first, an animal. first, second, and third on, on tackles for lost. That, yeah, that is amazing. Tied himself. And what's, that's an amazing stat. So let's all take a pause and give a round of applause for Walsh Disney for, for pulling that uh, trivia question. That's cool. Um, but... Uh, okay, 39 tackles for loss in 2012, 29 tackles in 15 and 14. He had 10 more tackles for loss than second place, which was himself. Like, that is, like, that, that's going to be a hard record to break. He is an absolute animal. Yeah, 39, that's, yes, 39 is going to be, I mean, really hard. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Do you know like, when he came into the league? I do not. Uh, hang on one second. When was he drafted? Uh, uh, drafted in 2011. So, wow. His sophomore season? No way. His sophomore season, he puts up those numbers? Yeah, that's crazy. He came in and dominated. So, to put put this into perspective... Um, so we said J.J. Watt has the top three. Aaron Donald's highest ever is 25. 
So he is, that's, that's 14. He'd have to have 14 more than his highest ever to reach J.J. Watt's single season. That is crazy. That's, that is, that is crazy. Um, Von Miller at 28 in 2012, the year J.J. Watt had 39. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this just kind of shows you exactly how far above everybody he was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was a fun stat that I that I found. So I was definitely like, all right, let's shine a light on JJ Watt. A talent like no other, and a talent like no other will be the answer to this week's trivia question, which goes like this: Who was the first player to go straight into the NBA from high school? A fitting question. As we just had our NBA draft yesterday, but I'll read this question one more time. Who was the first player to go straight into the NBA from high school? You, the senseless, will find that answer on episode 137 of the Bold Nonsense podcast on the Bold Nonsense Network next week. Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving week, yeah. We'll have to plan for something. We'll have to plan yeah, something. Yeah. Um, do something fun. But for now, let's hit the news. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters, and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. Starting in the NFL, this is kind of a, uh, it's a light NFL week in terms of the news, big NBA week, and then we've just got one more, so two stories outside of the NBA, and that's it. One is in the NFL, where this is kind of a crazy story, DeAndre Baker, you might remember that name, corner for the Giants, uh, who was charged with armed robbery, a felony, um, he had all of the charges dropped, and has and it's planned that he's going to sign with the Chiefs practice squad after the opposing attorney for three of the accusers was arrested for extortion. Yikes! This is like, <laughs> that's wild. Yikes. So it's I mean, basically, the subtext here is that he was being extorted, right? Yeah, it's got to be. It has to be. So, but <clears throat> is the only guy who goes to jail the attorney or the three accusers as well? Like, what happens to them? <clears throat> I don't do, know. But do they, like, are they off? Or, like, I don't understand how... I'm not that great at law. No, I... Never law order, never was really interested in that stuff. But. Me either. So <laughs> if you're not great at law, I'm probably worse. <laughs> what I would assume would be that they would have to almost... Like, have charges brought upon them for false accusation? or uh, That's so, what I'm thinking. Something like that. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it would depend um, what Baker does, I guess. Or the state, maybe? Yeah. Would do it? So, I, I, I honestly uh, yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's, let's get to our second non-NBA story. We'll finish with the NBA. So going to the NCAA, I thought this was a really cool stat. You know, we like to uh, we like to give props to people who are often um, 
college athletes are t- tend to be like, oh, they just go for sports, don't care about school, whatever. So we like to, when we see stats that uh, go the other way on that, that uh, debunk that, we like to throw them out there. So, saw this today. 90% of D1 athletes enrolled in 2013. So this was like a six-year study that they did on college, on athletes, and on regular college students. Now it's over. Um, 90% of D1 athletes enrolled in 2013 earned a degree within six years. And comparatively, 69% of all college students earn their degree in six years. First of all, nice. Yeah, nice. (laughs) (laughs) But also nice, and big ups for like, being an athlete is tough. Yeah. It's taxing and it's time consuming and you got a full-time job being a student. So that is a crazy stat. I wouldn't have thought that, but that is sweet. Yeah. 21% increase. Wow. For, I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge amount. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's something to be said about the structure of college and, and like how as much as it is business-like sometimes, a lot of coaches are get in it because they are interested in the students and want to help them become better people. And part of that is class, is class and education. A lot of the coaches understand that and really push it. And, and don't just say, like, oh, well, you know, go, go to class, please. Like, yeah. they have things in place to make them and help them and keep them accountable. It's pretty awesome. Mandatory study hall stuff like that. You have eyes watching you, and also like if you want to play, your ass better get those grades. You know, so yeah. it, it it's probably you have more help than Bozo the clown down the hall who's you know smoking a J in his room or something like that. You know, right. <laughs> like yeah. not doing his homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, let's go to the NBA where we got a lot to talk about. Starting off with a sad story here because I think he's pretty much universally liked. Clay Thompson will miss his second straight full season with a torn Achilles. Coming off the ACL tear last year was working out and tore his Achilles. Just brutal. I saw that um, on the feed. Was that yesterday or was that two days ago? Uh, They found... He did it, I think, yesterday. They didn't know what it was till today, I believe. And it was just all of a sudden, like, randomly popped up on my timeline. I'm like, dude, is he working out? Like, what are they running? Like, what are they doing? So he was just, was he in the gym or was it, was he actually scrimmaging or what? Do you know anything about this? Uh, I don't know exactly what he was doing, but it sounded like he wasn't playing basketball. Huh. You know, that, that was the, that was the vibe I got from the update and stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what he was doing. We're all Clay fans, man. Yeah, but it, I mean, this this does happen sometimes, or you just see people get injured, like in a weight room. Like I don't remember exactly who it was, but somebody got hurt dropping a weight on their foot. How? And and broke their foot, like, and that like you know it, it's those kind of crazy things where you're like, oh yeah, like to stay in shape you have to work out, and there are potential dangers in that, you know. Yeah. Um, not it's not dangerous to sit on the couch though and that's what i choose to do that boy boy. (laughs) 
for some reason, I feel like O.J. Mayo hurt himself working out one time. But I can't remember exactly. Um, okay, but yes, so. Clay Thompson, please get better soon. Yep. Uh, full, what Praying hands emoji, point to the sky emojis for, mm-hmm. for Clay Thompson. How about this season structure? We talked uh, either last week or a couple weeks ago about the NBA season and what they were planning to do. Well, now they're finalizing it. So it, it'll be a 20-team postseason. It's mm. a lot in the postseason. Um, I'm assuming they're going to st- stick with the conference style, so 10 teams each conference. 20 I would teams, assume so. Over half the league gets in the playoffs? We were just talking about oh, what's that. wrong with playoff structures and all the leagues. We are talking actually about a couple weeks ago what's right with the NFL postseason. Yeah. And the discussion went to the NBA and how it's just it's too preposterous. Damn, too damn many. <clears throat> yeah. Too damn many. They can't play seven games. <laughs> That's not yeah. 20 teams, seven games each series. That's not possible. God. Um, yeah. About 42 in-conference games and 30 out. So if you play in, uh, if you're in a good conference, which I mean, basically at this point, both conferences are, I think, evening out to roughly the same. I don't think you have like one, you could maybe say the West is a little better still, like a little deeper, but I think the East is starting to catch up a little bit. Especially with the migration or the fire sale of the Houston Rockets and the potential migration for that talent to go east, you know, whether it be <clears throat> James Harden to the Knicks or Westbrook to, sorry, Nets. I, I meant yeah. Harden to the Nets, Westbrook to the Knicks, all those sorts of scenarios. But you, you're right, man. It's becoming a more level playing field. Uh, so hopefully, I, I like the, I mean, I like the structure as far as the conference lit. Yeah. And then this is kind of confusing. It, it was basically two halves to the season. So what they said was they're going to announce the schedule in two halves. So almost like they're, I'm assuming what it does is give they're giving this, the, themselves that portion, that second half portion to reconfigure the schedule to make, um, make up for any delays or canceled games or anything like that. So that's what that'll be. Um, so what is that? That's 72, 72 yep. games starting, God, what do we say? December? It's 22nd, right? Or why do I have that in my mind? That sounds right. I thought it was late December. Something like that. Um, but now, and then we also have, as you, as Smooth looks that up. We also the twenty second. Okay, it is the twenty second. Out of boy, that's a solid memory from from our guy there. Uh, we also have things converging: the draft and so many damn moves. <laughs> so many things happened. Uh, we went through. We tried to put a bunch on the rundown and then take those off of like what's mostly important here. And then within each move, we also distilled it to the people who are actually important. So, you won't be hearing people that you've really never heard of. There might be some people you've never heard of, um, but for the most part, we try to get the big names in there. So, let's go through the moves. We want to do this first, 
and then get into the draft from last night. So, here we go. First one, and I kind of went in chronological order. So, uh, oldest to, to newest, Suns get Chris Paul and somebody else, but Chris Paul's a big name there. The Thunder get Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, and a 2022 first. Okay, so the backfield of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. What do we think? From what I understand, they have a great relationship, but Chris Paul is a point guard, right? So that's Who needs going the ball? to be taking. Yeah, so he needs the ball uh, to make an impact, and so does Devin Booker. So um, they're smart. They'll figure it out. Um, it's a little confusing to me, but I know that relationship is good, or there's a relationship yeah. there already. I What I'm wondering is, basically you have two options. Devin Booker becomes more of a spot-up shooter, um, or either that, or um, they alternate bringing the ball up. So one of those two things will happen, I think. And, uh, yeah, I think it goes okay. I think it goes okay, and it does bring some intensity to the Suns, which I feel like yeah. they've lacked for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the Thunder side, it's kind of hard to tell. They're doing a lot of moves. Like, they they were very involved, and it seems like they're not tearing it down, but getting it to the studs and uh, trying to rebuild it a little bit and rebuild it quickly, it seems. They're stacking picks. Um, so yeah. we'll see if – I mean, I always I always try and take a step back because my eyes get wide at NBA draft picks. And But you're still – that's still raw talent, you know, that you're drafting. They're not proven NBA players. So let's – I always have to take a step back, you know, and say, hey, not all those picks are going to turn out. But yeah, um, yeah. I think it was funny – Though a little side note, um, when Nike released the the new NBA jerseys, the person kind of to be their flagship uh, jersey reveal for the Suns was Kelly Oubre. They did this. Uh, he he was in their Valley jersey, and he was in kind of this old Western town uh, with a cowboy hat. And then the next week, he gets shipped off. Yeah, because he <laughs> gone. Was, yeah, I thought that yeah. was hilarious. Kelly Oubre to the Thunder. Ricky Rubio already said that. So uh, next move. James Harden turns down a $50 million a year extension. Reportedly does not like the direction of the Rockets. Uh, and it seems like, as you kind of alluded to earlier, that he and Russ both won out. And you said their, their preferred landing spots. Um, I don't think Westbrook has said, like, I want to go to the Knicks. But that's where everybody links him to. Um, so far, it seems like the Rockets have are saying that's not going to happen. They're ready to make it un- or to get uncomfortable. I like it. <laughs> I like it. that's a storyline to talk about all year. So yeah. we'll keep we'll keep tracking that one. We'll keep it really at this point. That's all we have to say. What can we say? Um, so we'll, we'll react to that. Keep you updated on that one. Speaking of um, the Rockets, and speaking of draft picks that aren't for sure. The Blazers made a move, and this you know hits closer to home with a lot of us uh, doing the podcast, although not smooth, and uh, li- li- hopefully listening to the podcast. The Blazers get 
Robert Covington from the Rockets. And they give up a decent price here. They The Rockets get Trevor Ariza, who later went to the Pistons, a 2020 first-round pick, so that's already happened, and a 2021 first-round pick. So that's, that's a lot. Um, kind of shows you where the Blazers think they are at this point and how they need to move. Um, I will I will say that to your point of what you're drafting isn't for sure, isn't proven, I don't hate this move. I was talking to um, I was talking to my older brother, who is a big Blazers, huge Blazers fan, and I was saying that I like it when people have a vision and are aggressive about it. So I can't knock O'Shea here, who I have knocked many a time on this on this podcast, on this show. I can't knock him here for being aggressive and going get, and getting what he thinks is a pr- more proven than a draft pick. Like slot him in, get us over the hill player. Great defensive presence, Robert Covington, um, and that's and and I love what you just said. Olshay has been been knocked for sitting back, sitting back, sitting back. And all of these Blazer fans are like, what are we doing with Dame's prime? We're wasting it. So get aggressive now. Put those pieces around. If if you go down, you know, what did they tell you in Little League? At least go down swinging. You know, try. Yeah. You just can't. You can't watch butt or strike three go right past you and I'd be not even swing. You got to try. So yeah. I like it. Me too. Yeah, you don't want to go. You don't want to get out being called bat rack, as, yeah. as, I, as I did many a time. <laughs> no, I never heard that before. But yeah, good. I've been called. Oh, I bat- did. <laughs> yeah. My dad is a mean person. No, I'm just it wasn't me was saying it, but he was. It was in a loving way. We'll say. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, the next move, the Bucks get. This is a big one. The Bucks get Drew Holiday. And the Pelicans get Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three future first-round picks Woo! from the Bucks. Um, overall, to me, what it seems like the Bucks are going for is less depth, more talent. Yeah, yeah, I'm, that it's pretty clear to me that that that's their approach. Um, they've tried they tried it the other way. And it didn't really work. There just wasn't enough around him. You bring in Drew Holiday, who I think is really good. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't healthy last year, and he had some stuff with his family, I believe. But he's really good when he's on the court, and I think this will help the Bucks a lot. I like it. It's the the plea again for Giannis to stay. He, I mean, Giannis hasn't. He's still got to make that decision. I think he. I think he will eventually stay. Just my gut decision, but this is the Bucks organization saying, "Hey, we need you to stay." Yeah. So um, they're making the right moves, uh, and I like it a lot. Yeah, to me, this move basically says that they've talked. Yes. Because you don't give three future firsts unless <laughs> you know he's coming back. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Thunder again. Thunder get Al Horford, a 2025 first rounder, a 2022 second rounder. The 76ers get Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. Danny Green. Throw that magic on there. God. It, <laughs> Danny's a good guy. <laughs> I like knocking him just because he left. But, I mean, he was, he's a good guy. Um, but it, <laughs> if I, it'd be cool to see Danny's jersey collection of just his jerseys. you Because yeah. he's starting to have 
a collection at this point. Yeah, one of those one of those journeymen. Um, yeah, this was honestly very. It was kind of an interesting one that when I was reading it and putting it on here, I kept thinking that the picks should have been going to the 76ers. It was like confusing me that the Thunder were getting these picks and Al Horford and the 76ers were getting Danny Green. Yeah. Like Terrence Ferguson, okay, that's that's fine, but Danny Green's the name here and it, mm-hmm. it just seems weird that they were the the Thunder were also like, yeah, we're going to need some picks in return for this. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the 76ers said, "All right, Okay. That's, that's we the weirdest part. <laughs> um, but the, uh, see, that's the thunder. It's kind of like at first you want to be, you want to say they're getting a lot of different pieces, and it's all going to kind of be weird, and they're going to try to figure it out. But really, they're trying to get picks. But then they get people like Horford and Ubre and Ricky Rubio, who who they are making moves with. But the, it, it's almost as just like just give us all your pieces, and we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. The next move is the Timberwolves getting the aforementioned Rick Ru- Ricky Rubio and uh, the Thunder, again, getting a first-round pick for it, which I believe they used. I believe that was a 2020 first-rounder. I think so. That That's kind of the what we're getting into now is people – these picks – this has already been used up with the asset of a pick. Um, but, yeah, Ricky Rubio to the Timberwolves. Back to is the Timberwolves, how, actually. Yeah, is that weird? Um, doing a second stint with a team, it does it feel weird? Are you happy to be back? Are you like buddy buddy with the organization? You know, dapping the guys, the security guards in the um, you know the tunnel, yeah. or is it like, oh, you turned your back on me, kind of thing? I mean, everyone understands it's a business, but what do you think it's like making a second stint in a city? I think it's gonna be. I thought about this actually. I think it's different for Rubio because a lot of it's different. It's like it's new players. I, I believe yeah. that the team's been sold, so it's a new yes. organization, basically. Um, so for him, it's probably going and relearning it, but there, why would there be bad blood? It's not those people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and speaking of um, multiple stints in one place, we the, the fam- we're talking the, I said I was talking to my older brother we were talking basketball and stuff and we Steve Blake came up and <laughs> we had remembered that he was with the Ste- with the Steeler with the Blazers for a, a, a multiple times yeah. so we started asking how many times was it because I was pretty sure that he kind of like set a almost set a record for how many times he was with the, with the Blazers so we looked it up. He was with the Blazers three different times, and, really? and then after he retired, became a coach with them. Really? He was with the Blazers four different times in two different ways. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Blazer run, Blazers running through his blood. I guess. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., he's going to stay with the Mavericks. He accepted his $19 million option. I really liked I really like Tim Hardaway Jr. I think he's kind of underrated. And the next step to me for the Mavericks is, you know, last year was basically just Luka and Porzingis and everyone else play a role. I think if they can incorporate those other players like Hardaway Jr. as a shooter, whereas Luka's got the ball and he's running the pick and roll with Porzingis, but then he can also kick it to Hardaway. 
that's going to take them to the next level, I believe. So that, I think it's a big deal for them. How like about it. how about the uh, the Warriors getting involved here? The, these are kind of they. This is kind of a weird time in the NBA as we're doing this because free agency is kind of starting, but it's like that that weird legal tampering and like we're basically the deals are done, but they're not official, but some are. Yeah. So these will kind of be official in the next days, and they're still being worked on. Um, so the Warriors, they want Kelly Oubre, and they are talking to the Thunder about it, but we're not really sure what the Thunder are getting back yet. Some have even said, some speculation is that it's Wiseman, um, which would be crazy Whoa. to me, which would be crazy. So I don't think that's going to be it. But um, this is one where... I put this on here because losing Clay Thompson, the Warriors became terribly terrible defensively last year. And I think yeah. this is what that move does. They're trying to get a wing defender in Kelly Oubre in a shooter. Uh, his shot's gotten better over the years. So I think they're trying to kind of fill that that uh, Thompson hole with Kelly Oubre. Hmm. Okay. That's crazy if that's Wiseman. I haven't been following that story at all, but that is nuts. I just heard, I just saw a rumor on it, so I don't. Yeah, I, I can't believe that they would do that. Wiseman fits, I think, perfectly with the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, and then our last one, our last one. Didn't we tell you we had a bunch on on the NBA? Gordon Hayward has opted out of his contract with the Celtics, becoming an unrestricted free agent. He was set to make $34 million this year. Jeez. And he opted out. That's It must be just a bad fit. He must not like the minutes. I mean, T- Jason Tatum came in kind of kind of took his role, basically. So very interesting. I like $34 million, though, for doing that. So. <laughs> we're sitting on, we're being a second string guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, he went from height of his career to basically the low point of his career. So now we'll see if he can kind of go somewhere and and, and relight that fire. Uh, okay, but that's all the moves that have been made. Now we want to talk a little bit about the NBA draft. Have to, don't we? Mm-hmm. This is big. So, um, I'm my feeling on this, we haven't really talked about it. We're just going to kind of going to run through it we'll just go through and, and talk about picks we like i'll i'll start at the top yeah. yeah you start i love this number one i love anthony edwards from georgia the shooting guard going to the timberwolves i'll tell you this right now i fall in love with teams doing this i do it a lot in the nfl i get yelled at about it i'm gonna start and i i've been doing it in the nba timberwolves i'm loving what they're doing i love uh, the the D'Angelo Russell, the Cat, Anthony Edwards, and bringing Ricky Rubio. I just love where I see them going, what they're building. Anthony Edwards, super athletic, kind of a very he he's kind of a do it all guy. Um, nothing is going to be like maybe the best. He won't be the best at anything, but he's he, he can do everything. And I think that's perfect when you think of what they're trying to do. With D'Angelo Russell, who's got a very specific skill set. Carl Anthony Towns, who's got kind of a, 
It's not specific, but it's a big man skill set. And then you got Anthony Edwards who can do everything. Love what they're love what they're doing there. Um, I agree. I like that. I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna touch briefly on what I like. You mentioned it. I'm not gonna go into this one. I do like the fit with James Wiseman and the Warriors. There were some question marks. I'm still not sold on Wiseman, but I think everybody else is higher on him than I am. But if everyone else. Every, if everyone else's feelings and predictions come true, uh, he should be a good fit for the Warriors' needs. I love the fit Obi Toppin going back home to New York. Uh, guys, when they care that much about their city and are just grinders going to smaller schools, you saw that at uh, Davidson uh, with uh, Steph Curry. Um, there's something about the breeding of an underdog, you know, and not to say Obi Toppin is an underdog, but he played at a small school, Dayton, but he gets to go back home. He gets to go back home, and I think he's really excited uh, to spend his time there. I like that. And I think the steal of the draft was Tyree, not just because he's a, a, a wildcat, but uh, Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky going to the 76ers. I think that is a great talent that slid all the way to 21 um, that should be able to help uh, the Sixers with an expo- another ex- explosive uh, guard. Um, uh, I don't know the minutes he'll get, but uh, if he comes off the bench and is even able to uh, grow there, I think that'll be a nice uh, a nice fit for um, that offense. I like Cole Anthony at 15 going to the Magic. Um, I'm a big... I like it when organizations use success within their organization to build for the future. So Cole Anthony, to me, he's not as thick, so don't get crazy here, but he reminds me of Jameer Nelson. Ah. He plays a very choppy side-to-side game, uh, but he's more of a pure scorer than Nelson. And so I I like it when organizations say, this works for us, let's connect that here. And, And I see that working with them. I see that kind of fitting with this crazy magic team that they're kind of they're building down there. The magic are interesting and fun and can light up a scoreboard and I think that's what Cole Anthony's gonna help them with. Um, um other nice picks Peyton Pritchard to the Celtics. Shout out I was just gonna Oregon say shout dude? out to shout out to the Oregon basketball team. Peyton Pritchard is a dog man. I like that guy. Um, so that'll be fun to see him on the big stage. Yeah, he almost, honestly, what he kind of reminds me of is a Marcus Smart who shoots better. Like that bulldog defense mentality that he's got, but with a better offensive skill set. So it's kind of nice, and I think it fits the Celtics. he's, He's got the offensive skill, but he's not afraid to do some dirty work, and I think that's the kind of Celtics player... That you have, like, to be good on the Celtics, you have to be willing to do that. And uh, I think he fits. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but also, <clears throat> side note on the draft, a little cool nugget. Uh, Kenya Martin Jr. drafted 52nd overall to the Kings, then traded to the Rockets, drafted 20 years exactly to the day behind Kenya Martin Sr. So, just kind of a cool nugget. <clears throat> yeah. That's awesome. That is really cool. That is really cool. Um, I'll say your Spurs pick. Yeah. 
How about your Spurs getting Trey Jones? You know I got to throw some Duke guys in here. They went in mostly in the second round uh, a little later. But, yeah, that is a good one. Just like a culture guy. Yeah. Who I oh. think could develop into a Patty Mills. Yes. If all went right. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones, uh, trying not just to stick with Duke guys, but I, uh, I have to say Cassius Stanley to the Pacers fits yep. perfectly. Cassius Stanley is very Victor Oladipo-esque. And he's mm. he's uh, maybe a little bit like a year older than uh, you you'd think he is, but his development happens very quickly. Uh, I again, if all goes well, because you know they're so young and like a lot of them haven't played much college basketball. This whole draft is kind of young and a little bit weird and not necessarily the top end talent that we've seen maybe last year or whatever. Um, but they can all – it's very developmental, and they can all develop, and I think Cassius Stanley could develop into a Victor Oladipo. I like it. Uh, and before we get out of here, i got to talk about the Blazers' one draft pick because I believe in the first round they drafted, but the NBA draft is weird where it's like they have deals set up, but they're not done yet, so they the team has to draft for another team. I hate it. I, would, I just wish they could fix that because uh, it gets very confusing. But C.J. Ellaby out of Washington State, the 6'6", 200-pound shooting guard, gets to the Blazers. Uh, I, I saw one very optimistic person say, mate, potentially a second C.J. Whoa. Yeah, not just because of his name, but type of game he plays. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very aggressive, um, and he's young, so another very uh, developmental guy. Named to the ten man all uh, all Pac twelve first team as a sophomore uh, for the nineteen twenty season, became the third fastest player in Washington State history to score a thousand career points. Uh, broke a forty five year old Cougar freshman scoring record with four hundred seventy one points in the two thousand eighteen two thousand nineteen season. Made forty one point four percent of his three point attempts as a freshman. I mean. I doesn't see. sound terrible. No, no. And he's so young that he can develop. And you probably, you know, see a lot of the G, G League and um, a lot of the bench early. But, hey, got to yeah. develop these guys. That's what this draft's going to be about, I think. And really outside of the top, what do you say, like five, maybe even three? Yeah. Out of the top. Three. Shit, it might even be... It might even be all of these guys are developmental. Yeah. So, uh, a very It was just one of those drafts, you know? Yeah. It was just- it's one of those drafts that everybody was <clears throat> basically saying, like, that it doesn't really have the talent that, you know, we've seen, like I said. Um, but it's got a lot of people who could be great. So, that'll be the very interesting thing about this draft. I wasn't sure that a lot would happen in this draft. I was dead wrong. I thought with COVID and a lot of teams are worried about the salary cap changes that this would be, this might be a dead draft. Couldn't be more wrong. Everything. I I was honestly, I I even texted you today. I, I will admit this on the pod. I was a little bit overwhelmed. The whole day I was a little stressed out thinking like, how are we going to cover all of this? Yeah. How are we going to yeah. do this? So thank God for people who do it for an actual living <laughs> because they helped us out a lot. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, that was a lot. We knew it was gonna be. That's the news. Let's get to one thing and a winner. I only got one thing to say to you. Who do you think you are? I am. You had one job. Just the one. Because I'm here. This is bullshit. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Just one thing. You stick to that and everything else don't mean shit. I hope I win. Okay, one thing and a winner. Gotta start with last week's results. Week 10, can you believe it? Already to week 10. Um, the results, kind of a down week, to be honest. It was a weird week. Um, on the reaction show, me and the captain were talking about how there were good matchups, interesting matchups, but the games kind of all became duds. Kind of flailed. Yeah, weather, injuries, whatever, but they kind of became duds. So, our big winner from last week is Still Smooth at 9-5. and five. So, it kind of tells you what our week <laughs> was. A little bit of a down week. I think that might have broken your streak of like six straight weeks of 10-6. and six. That's what you were saying, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Bales and myself went 8-6. and six, <clears throat> And Captain goes down with a 500 week of 7-7. Seven seven. So. Ah. We are all we are all looking to pick it up, and that starts with Thursday night football that is happening now. It is almost halftime. Seahawks have the ball and they're up thirteen to seven. Russ is going to air it out, just give DK a chance, and that will not go well. Uh, it's not a pick; it's just incomplete. Uh, and that's crazy that we have to say it's not a pick in these days with Russell Wilson. But yeah. um, the others. We'll call them. Bales and the captain are going to take the Cardinals. And Smooth and myself are going to take the Seahawks, even though they're depleted. But We didn't. We were, we were texting about that this morning, uh, a, a three, and we both weren't feeling confident in the Seahawks pick, but it just, ah. No. It's like how many t- you got, you just like, you can't, in my head, you can't, the Seahawks can't drop four in a row. Yeah. You know? They just can't. Yeah, I have flipped four times on this game. I went Cardinals, Seahawks, Cardinals, Seahawks. Um, yeah, yeah. wasn't super confident, but I, I like where I'm at. I'll yeah. stick with the Seahawks with you. Let's get to games that have not happened and will not happen for a couple days until after you listen to this. The Steelers at 9-0 play the Jags at 1-8. We all took the Steelers there. Come on, 1-8 against 9-0. Uh, the Lions are four and five. They play at the Panthers, three and seven. Bales is going to stand alone and take the Panthers. Uh, I personally took the Lions. They're getting Galladay back, and the Panthers might not have Teddy Bridgewater, and I think or Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. And when that goes down, gotta take the Lions. Yes. I don't know if you're the same way. Uh, I was. I would echo everything you just said. Okay, Patriots at Texans four and five against two and seven. Here's a split. I'll talk on the Texans side, then smooth you talking the Patriots side because me and Bales are going to take the Texans. I will just say, I last week I went into the Browns game thinking that Deshaun Watson had a win in him. The weather went absolutely <laughs> buck wild, and that kind of shut that down. Um, but uh, I think he's got one in this week. I just I, I don't trust the Stephon Gilmore-less Patriots defense, 
And while the Texans don't have a good defense, I think the Patriots will put up points. I think the Texans will put up more. I think the Patriots will put up points. I don't think – I just don't trust the Texans. I mean, they have pieces. Um, they have receivers. Uh, and they obviously have a quarterback. But I don't know what the heck is going on there. Uh, not don't feel super confident in the Patriots. You mentioned Stephon Gilmore will be absent from this matchup, which definitely does hurt uh, as he is your Madden Club 99 rank member. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, the, the Patriots, I don't know how they do it, but they just seem every week to kind of hobble along and make a game out of nothing. So, yeah. uh, I really don't have, yeah, I just, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and what's his son's name? Steve. Shout out to Steve B's mullet, man. Yeah. That is great. Rocking hard. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, I'll just say because of Steve, uh, I'll go with the Patriots. Okay. Titans 6-3 and three at Ravens 6-3. and three. Wow, I'm going to stand alone. I'm going to take the Ravens here. Mm. Um, I don't trust the Titans defensively, especially really in either aspect, pass or run. Uh, don't trust the Titans defensively. And... The Ravens still have their run game. They might be a little bit banged up defensively, but that defense has been one of the better ones all season. And uh, I think the defense is really who gets it done. Um, I've yet to see a defense to really clamp. Um, Derrick Henry, not to say it can't be done, but with question marks, I don't want to say question marks, with Lamar still not at that level he was last year, I think they need Lamar. Baltimore needs Lamar to be the Lamar of last year, and since he's still not there, I don't feel great about it. Uh, the Texans um, have put their or I want to say their. Te- I'm just going to say their talent is more spread, and it's not more rely. It's not reliant on one individual. Uh, even though it is primarily Derrick Henry. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Texans in this matchup. It will be a great game. That's the one game I am looking forward to uh, this week. All right. Eagles. Bales hated Eagles uh, at the Browns. You can. Uh, it's pretty obvious to know who Bales took, but the rest of us also took the Browns. Look, the Eagles are bad. They, look, they weren't very competitive against the Giants, and the Browns are – I'm not going to say they're great, but they're a good team. And the Eagles are not, so we all took the Browns. Falcons three and six at Saints seven and two. Captain, the only one really does not trust Jameis, and I will say probably not the smartest move for the three of us to put our faith in Jameis freaking Winston. Um, but he might have two eyes now, and we will see on <laughs> Sunday against the Falcons. The Saints defense has been playing very well, and how do you stop Kamara? If you're the he Falcons, can't. don't think you can. And that's why uh, Smooth, Bales, and myself are going to take the Saints. The captain, who hates Jameis Winston, which is probably for the best, uh, he'll take the Falcons. Bengals, 2-6-1 at Washington football team, 2-7. and seven. Have another split here. I'll go ahead and take one side. You can take the other because you and captain are taking Washington football team. Why don't you tell us why? I love, I've said this before, but I love Terry McLaurin. That man is a weapon. He is a weapon, certified weapon. Um, 
I know there's questions at quarterback, but with a receiver like that, I think you got a chance. Uh, the Bengals' offensive line has been playing better as of late, but they are still, still a terrible offensive line. So I don't like Joe Burrow back there. I like Joe Burrow as a quarterback, but until he gets some help up front, uh, I just don't feel comfortable betting on him. While I would agree that Terry McLaurin is a weapon, Joe Burrow is also a weapon. And where Terry McLaurin's more like a mortar, where it goes <laughs> off and you ask if, did I hit it? Did we did we do it? Joe Burrow's a sniper, and he knows exactly what he's hitting every time. And that's who I will take is Joe Burrow and the sniper sniping the Washington football team. Get you and your stupid name out of here. <laughs> so, uh, Bales and I are going to take the Bengals. Jets 0-9 at Chargers 2-7. We all took ah. the Chargers. If I, if the Chargers, the Chargers cannot lose this one. The toilet bowl. Herb, Herbie, Herbie's got a new haircut. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got to win it. Really, it's not about Herbert. It's about Anthony Lynn. He cannot get outcoached. If he gets outcoached by this <laughs> Jets coaching staff, it is officially over. This is make no. This is no doubt about it for Anthony Lynn's job. So can I can I pose a question? If you're a Chargers fan. And that scenario holds true um, where Anthony Lynn's job is on the line if they lose, which I think is very possible. Can you make an argument that Chargers fans should root for a loss to get that imposter of a coach out of that uh, off that sideline? I would say no. I get where you're coming from, but I would say no because you don't want that on Herbert. (laughs) Yeah. You you don't don't want that bad reflection on him as well. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins, 6-3. and three. At Broncos, 3-6. and six. Look, the Dolphins are playing incredibly well right now. And we all took the Dolphins. They coached yeah. well. Yeah. Two is playing well. Defense and special teams are playing amazingly well. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos are just not. <clears throat> Cowboys, 2-7. and seven. At Vikings, 4-5. and five. Here's Bales taking the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I honestly, I can't figure out why. Flabbergasted. Dalton's back, isn't he? But that, I mean, yeah. That. I, I mean, maybe he loves Andy Dalton. I don't know, man. But the Vikings they, are good. They have not. Yes, the Vikings have shown you improvement and a reason to believe in them. Yeah. I don't see what Bales is seeing to pick a to to say the Cowboys are like tr- he trusts them. So we're all going to take the Vikings and let uh, the. I mean, pretty much every time I say let Bales, you know, wallow in misery by himself, kicking the Cowboys, they always end up. He always wins that game. <laughs> but I'm going to do it again. We're all going to take the Vikings, and Bales is going to suck and hate his life watching the Cowboys lose. <laughs> Packers seven and two at Colts six and three. Don't hate this from the captain who takes the Colts. Mm. He's going to stand alone, take the Colts, and I don't hate it. I think the Colts are slowly finding something. They can run the ball. They've got that offensive line. Phillip Rivers has been playing much better, and their defense is playing lights out. The Packers let you run, let, basically let you run all over them. Um, 
and are very dependent on Rodgers to Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. They're two-trick pony, which is something Captain and I talked about on the NFL Reaction Show. Um, and if the Colts can stop two things, they win. It just scares me. It, I, I get what you're saying 100%, and you're yeah. right, but it just scares me. I don't think the Colts offense is good enough, which is why... I mean, I took the Packers, too. I'm just saying. I don't hate mm-hmm. this from the captain. I don't think the Colts offense is good enough. I don't think they have the skill, the special teams... Or, excuse me. I don't think they have the skills positions, the wide receivers, um, to win this game. I don't think they have enough firepower to keep up. There's only so much a defense can do in 2020. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going to take the Packers. Chiefs, 8-1 at Raiders, 6-3. You know, you got to commend Bales every week he takes his Chargers. Yeah, oh yeah. And I see I somebody who, who likes the Raiders <laughs> who does not do that. Your, it, loyal, your loyalty is definitely more to one thing in a winner than it is to the Raiders. I'm here to win myself. As, as a fan of the Raiders, I'm not a part of that organization. I'm here to win myself. Where I would love for a season sweep of the Chiefs, I just don't think that's happening. Um, yeah. Andy ah, Reid's apparently pissed about that little victory lap the Raiders lap, took in their bus. I didn't, I didn't know about that until this week. Yeah. So <laughs> it's for people who don't know, the Raiders after they – this is at the Raiders. The Raiders beat the Chiefs at the Chiefs. And after the game, there's nobody in the parking lot. You know, we, nobody can be there or whatever. Um, the Raiders go ahead and take a victory lap, drive the bus around the stadium to take their <laughs> victory lap at Arrowhead. Chiefs found out about it. Uh, and it's not something that's unheard of, but it's not, you know, commonplace. And Andy Reid, not happy. What you don't need is probably the best offensive mind in football and the most aggressive mind in football pissed at you. He's dangerous when he's not mad. This is going to be... And he's... Go for it. And they're coming off of a bye, which is even scarier. Oh, you know? like, this is going to be 100 to 2. Yeah, it, so, I mean, I'm a little... I'm... Yeah, I'm a little nervous with this game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, no, I think the Raiders will, will. It won't be embarrassing, but it. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's non-competitive. Yeah, in the Chiefs' favor. So that's where we're I, all going to take the Chiefs. Give me a good first half, and it's gonna. If it doesn't break open sooner than that, like it will break open in the third. Like yeah. they, you can only hold on for so long. I'm saying the Raiders stick around for a quarter. Maybe a quarter and a half. <laughs> okay. Monday night football, Rams at Bucks. Rams six and three, Bucks seven and three. And oh standalone, son. Tell us why you take the Rams. I'm liking that Rams secondary, man. I'm liking their corners. I'm liking their play. I'm liking obviously their defensive line and Aaron Donald. Um it's just and um Jared Goff looks way more comfortable back there. He's not trying to do too much. He's allowing playmakers to be playmakers, and he's not trying to do it all. And I think he's what what year is this? Three or four for him? Yeah. Uh, I think he's just just fitting in. So um, 
I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I like it. Be bold. You, uh, before this, I took a flyer on this. Yeah, so I like the Rams. Yeah, I think the Bucks are um, something we talked about. I, actually, I'll make a point um, for for the Rams. You said you like their secondary corner safety. Um, the people to watch, and we talked about this on the NFL Reaction Show, so if you don't listen, these are the kind of things you're missing. It's John, for the Rams, it's John Johnson, Taylor Rapp, and Troy Hill. Numbers 24, 41, and 22. Their interchangeability in the secondary, their ability to do multiple things, and their speed, lets Jalen Ramsey pick a guy and shut it, shut him down, and the rest of them kind of hold hold everything. Um, so they're, they're all playing really well, and when... You're interchangeable. You're confusing because nobody knows exactly what you're going to do. So I agree. The Rams are playing well. I will take the Bucks along with the captain in Bales, though. We also talked about, the captain and I, how the Bucks need to solidify their identity. They figured it out. They've seen what works. You know, they ran the ball. They went from five in the loss to um, the Saints to running the ball 37 times against the Panthers. And, and that's what they are. They need to run. They can't throw the ball every time, and that helps their defense as well. As long as they stick to that game plan, they'll be fine. There it is. That's one thing in a winner. Uh, it's, it's starting to heat up down the stretch. That's what Ooh. I will say. But uh, that really is most of – that is the meat of our episode 136 before we get out of here. And I know I do this during one thing in a winter, but I got to plug the NFL reaction show with me and the captain. I just like to bring some of the nuggets that we come up with over there uh, to hear, let you guys know what to look for for the games, and, and encourage you to listen to the post games um, on – usually it's Tuesday. It's been Wednesday the past couple of weeks. I try and get it to you kind of in the middle of the week that during that lull period for sports radio. That's when you can hit up, hit us up. And uh, it's a talk about like the reaction, but it's also a general talk about each team. So it kind of launches you into the next week. And we, got, we find some good nuggets in there. That's what I always say. So listen to that. Um, next week's show, flagship show, that's this one you're listening to now with Smooth and Myself. Probably going to be a big NBA show because um, free agency and kind of the the fallout of the draft and everything settling will be very interesting. Tune in for that. Other than that, Twitter, bold underscore nonsense. Instagram is bold.nonsense. Email us at boldnonsensepodcast at gmail.com. Find all our shows on iTunes and Spotify, best places there. And iTunes is like the podcast app. Duh. We all we've all made the adjustment at this point. Um, and Spotify, and then SoundCloud, Nyheart Radio, probably the other two. SoundCloud being our is actually our home base, but uh, iTunes and Spotify definitely place to find us. Other than that, let's say bye to the people. I'm out still smooth. Much love. Thank you all for tuning in to episode one three. Six. Um, looking forward to hitting the mic again next week. Everyone have a safe and wonderful Thanksgiving with your families. Uh, I'm at Walt Disney. If you love it, then love us. And other than that, this is the Bold Nonsense Podcast Network. This is the Bold Nonsense flagship show. 
This is episode 136. This is your invitation to have the best weekend possible. And this is your invitation to stay senseless. very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go. Uh -oh.